Yo, yo, it's time for another episode of the Mind Mate Podcast. <sighs> okay, this week on the show, guys, I used to coach this lovely fellow at Crosby Richmond uh, here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, World Galaxy, Milky Way Galaxy, sorry, just uh, just to the corner of uh, Andromeda there, so you, you'll probably be able to find us uh, aliens out there in the world. And uh, Rich and I, we always got along. It was, uh, wasn't love at first sight, platonic love at first sight. <laughs> not to say that it wasn't non-platonic love at first sight. We did not get along. But um, the more um, we started hanging out, you know, I think when I stopped coaching there, we kind of kept in contact and we were always interested in what each other were doing. And I wanted to get him on the podcast for a while because he's all about the breath. And if you have been listening to the show pretty frequently, you will know that I've been very interested in breathwork meditation, something that Siobhan does down here at the Breathwork Shed in Melbourne, and also what Erin Telford does and what a lot of people do um, in uh, in the US and actually over the world now. It's actually getting quite big. And his form of breath training is slightly different. He looks at the way emotions and mood, depression, anxiety can be regulated. So, I mean, it is it is relatively similar, similar, but he does all different sorts of things. And I went around to his house a couple of months ago and he had this kind of like cold bath um, out the back and we did a series of meditations together we did box breathing which is breathing in for four seconds holding breathing out for four seconds holding for four seconds so box breathing there and then we did uh, a bit of Wim Hof stuff and he was always very interested in Wim Hof and all of that breath work so having some sort of agency over the way the breath comes in and then goes out in the form of carbon dioxide, obviously, oxygen on the way in. I was able to sit in this tank for three minutes. It was about one degree. And obviously it was very, very difficult. But the whole point of that was when you actually embrace a external physiological stressor, having the ability to control your breath actually gives you a lot more autonomy in your life. And that's really important for people out there that are struggling with anxiety and depression because a lot of the times we feel when we're in those states that life is happening to us and it's really difficult for us to get pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and 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 have any sort of control, you know, you know what the boss is saying to us, you know, how we're going to pay the next bill you know, how on earth we're going to pay for our kids' tuition, how we're going to get, you know, he- you know, fitter and healthier, given that we always find ourselves in these moods when the body just wants to protect us. So that's actually why we binge. That's why sugar is so much more addictive when we're down in life because we're in that survival. We're very much run by those unconscious behaviors. And just learning how to control our breath actually we're actually so much more capable of what we, you know, of, of control over lives and what we think we are. And we really got into that. We went to the very, very deep kind of physiological, what's going on in the physiological level, the biological level, but just kind of anecdotally and, and what Rich has, 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 has found with his, in his own life, but also, you know, with the people he works with and what he does up there in Noosa, um, which was awesome. So he was down in Melbourne. He used to live down in Melbourne. Then he's, he's since gone up with his uh, his lovely partner, Beck, who is on her way. Congratulations, Beck, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this. I love you dearly. So it was a really great podcast, guys. And I, there's a lot of value in this, in learning how even the little things we do in life can actually have a massive effect on, um, on how we find 
meaning and, and happiness. I don't really like saying happiness anymore. I think it's all about meaning because that way we can ride the positives and negatives knowing that we're doing it for a reason. But I will say happiness just for this context. Other than that, guys, I love you very much and enjoy the show. The Pale Blue Dot. Mr. Burrows. Mr. Hearn. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, buddy. Handshake. It's very necessary. It's been a while coming, but we, we made it, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. We had, uh, for everyone listening, we had the an original show set up, and then I called because I was lazy, and I was like, look... I just can't be bothered getting in the car now, <laughs> but the energy's there because yeah, I think yeah. you. I think you're a bit under. You weren't under weather. You bit no, I was. Um, I was. I was fatigued, fitting in a lot of different commitments around mm. work and travel, and it would have been. We wouldn't have done it justice, I don't think. No, no. Now we're all energized and light shining behind. Yeah, it's good. Freezing outside, but um, but glorious in here. I know. So, mate, you said before um, um, you were tied up with work and things like. What is your job now? A uh, man of many talents. Um, so I'm a part part business owner. Mm. I still maintain an interest in a recruitment business here in Melbourne, uh, InterSearch Australia. I'm a, a partner and my job is research, operations, finance, um, basically all of the, the grunt work to, um, to produce lists of candidates for my partners, mm. uh, which is great because... I don't really need to be in the office to do that. Oh. And um, yeah, as, you, as you're well aware, um, Beck and I have made the move um, up to the Sunshine Coast as of um, four months ago. Yeah. And the tan is proportional to the move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> life really, Mine is not. <laughs> life really agrees with me up there. It so does, I, it I, does, I, mate. Yeah. You're looking good. Yeah. So um, that keeps me busy, keeps, um, keeps uh, the rent paid and um, food on the table. And then um, in my spare time, progressing more into... To some coaching, mm. uh, join the the coaching staff up, up at CrossFit four five six six in in Nooseville. Oh, nice! And uh, trying to do some more uh, breath and performance related uh, coaching as well. Yeah, so CrossFit coaching, and then um, and then your own kind of thing on the side of that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So, how did you get into the into the breath? Apart from obviously requiring it to lift, because <laughs> we're all. Sort of into the breath. Exactly. You're <laughs> really yeah. into the breath. Yeah, we all should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, gee, it's, it's been a, an evolution. I mean, I've always been big into my training and performance and I've always been you know, fascinated by anything which is going to make me stronger, make me perform better, um, make me feel better. Mm. Um, but it probably wasn't until the likes of Wim Hof popped on the scene um, as well as the... Uh, work he was doing with Brian McKenzie and the what has become Art of Breath um, mm-hmm. through Power Speed Endurance that I I sort of saw a uh, an itch that I wanted to scratch I wanted to just see what this was all about um, and launched off from there with a bit of Wim Hof practice and then it, it snowballed from there. Mm. What essentially is because um, there are different methods of, 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 of you know different breathing techniques and yep. but um, you know and they're all kind of trying to achieve different sorts of things exactly, like yeah. you know obviously you know um, um, there are people that are into breathing for trauma release they're into breathing for performance and what's kind of your niche um, if you have one uh, I would say a combination of 
performance for um, everyday life, but primarily, you know, physical um, sporting performance. And a on the flip side of that, a mental resilience component. Nice. Because um, I like to think of, obviously, the, the mind and the, the brain is the governor of the body, but the breath is really a governor of the mind. Mm. And the ability to consciously control our responses and reactions and our state mm. uh, by using the breath in certain ways, I think is... Uh, greatly underrated. Yeah, it definitely is, isn't it? That, that's what I find so fascinating about just the interchangeable relationship between uh, subject and object, you know, environment. Per, like even just a simple thing of when, you know, you have kind of, you're going through a rough stage in life and the hormone secretion and kind of everything that you're receiving from the outside world is kind of getting you into this state and where you're just you're protecting yourself and you're Mm -hmm. hunching over but you can actually just reverse that and even just by sitting up a little bit taller Mm -hmm. you can actually reverse what's going on inside your body as well how does that relate to um i guess what you can do with the breath to achieve better mental states Uh, we're going deep mate (laughs) deep. just i guess take a step backwards and think about um what a an agitated um, mind or a you know, stress, anxiety, compulsion, all of those you know, types of behaviors. What, is, what does breathing look like when mm. you're in those states? It's uh, generally faster, shallower, and over and above the requirements of, of what you need. Um, because it's, a, it's an emergency response um, when you're in a, what we call a, a sympathetic nervous system dominance where it's um, hypervigilance you are um, in fight or flight mode where you know you need to be wary of threat Mm. Um, that can serve you for for certain purposes but when situation normal that no longer is the optimal way to be to be breathing so uh, on the flip side um, someone who's calm and relaxed and has got their they shit together for want of a better word. <laughs> Respiration is slower, gentler, um, generally imperceptible. So when you look at those two states and you see that breath informs the, the state and the state informs the breath, mm. it's really fascinating to be able to jump into that, that loop and go, all right, I'll take control of the breath so I can then influence the physiological response in the state Mm. uh, and create a more positive feedback loop rather than staying in that hyper alert stressed vigilant you know all of the hormonal responses with your your cortisol and that feeling of being wired but tired at the same time and not being able to break that cycle Mm. Um, learning how to use the breath to switch over to a parasympathetic response can give you you know a lot of Lot of release from that that uh, that loop, and we we uh we did it at your house a little bit with the cold water removal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hectic. But yeah. like like what you're saying, what I really liked about that is because you kind of did a one on one, and uh, for everybody listening, how cold was that tank? It was. It was 
between zero and one degree. Yeah, it was so, bloody cold. Yeah, it's <laughs> between the, negative four and you know negative seventy eight. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the um, the chest freezer um, yes. plunge, which I've got set up in the garage now. Um, right. Yeah, just um, have it running for a couple of hours a night and keeps the the water temperature right down. So there's a yeah a a huge um, stress response when you fully submerge in in water like that. The body does not like the shock mm. and it it's an instant gateway into that um, sympathetic nervous system response. You'll big gasping breaths, uh, heart rate will jack right up. Your vision will narrow. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you think about a, a relaxed state, you know, chilling out on the savanna, you've got your peripheral vision on, but you know, opposite when you go into stress, it's tunnel vision, mm. which a lot of people get when they get angry or upset. You know, they can't um, see. Um, what they really need to see in those yeah. um, those situations. So, the cold water is just a it's a, a brilliant opportunity to expose you to a, a stress. Yeah. And then using some of the down regulating or the um, the controlling breathing techniques just to uh, calm that response to and and to realize that you can exert conscious control on what you think are those automatic responses. Mm, that's brilliant. Yeah, because it's um. There are differences in the physiological um, happenings, I guess, when we actually embrace stress as yes. opposed to when we feel like stress is happening to yeah. us. And um, is that kind of what that's trying to achieve? Because yep. you, you and I did a meditation almost before it. Yeah. And we dived into it. Yeah. And I felt that like, okay, it was my conscious decision to embrace this mm -hmm. fear or stress, yep. for lack of a better way of saying it. And um, it was difficult. It was fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> But I had... It never gets easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, isn't that just a beautiful application for life? You know, that the ability to actually embrace the fear, embrace the challenge, um, and recognizing that that's kind of where the growth lies. Is that is that getting a bit too... Yeah, kind of, no, and, yeah. and that comes back to what I was saying about where I, I see my specialty and where I've always sort of prided myself on, you know, my strength is uh, in terms of resilience and dealing with um adversity you know stressful stressful situations is a you know can be interpreted in a number of different ways but through my work life or through personal life um the trials back and i've gone through with mm. with ivf and that kind of thing being able to um not get so wound up um from that stimulus yeah to recognize that in between stimulus and response the more space you can create the more opportunity you get to choose how you respond rather than stimulus reaction yep and stimulus control pause reflect and then respond so um the ice is just a it's just a microcosm of <laughs> that, that, that in the extreme yeah i like to think yeah. yeah exactly exactly and then you can i think that's what um there's like a fundamental principle with this is that you know stress and anxiety isn't just directly related to the specific situation it's yeah. like you know if you get good at dealing with stress you know from from cold water immersion mm -hmm. it's actually going to help you not be so reactive to when your boss does a b yeah, and c yeah. or, stress is stress and the, yeah. the body can't tell the difference mm. all of those physiological responses that kick off when you know you get yelled at or you have a you know, difficult run-in with a partner or mm. in traffic or um 
you know, some other... Someone cancels a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably, you're probably jumping straight in the cold tub after that. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's... I mean, stress is stress and the reactions are the same. So the better you get at, at dealing with the way the, the body responds and, and being able to just take a bit of the reins on, on what's happening internally, mm. the better you'll deal with any situation which is goes not according to plan or... Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's more... I think people are going to start to look at the breath uh, as, a, as a really good tool more so, especially in the next couple of years, people like Wim Hof coming out and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But where can you kind of see this um, moving to? Like not only just as a mental resilience thing, but mm-hmm. I think this would have a really strong application to uh, psychology, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I like to... Um yeah, and it was interesting to listen to some some of the previous guests on the on the flight down. I was listening to some of your um, breathwork meditation um, guests, and yeah, fantastic, fascinating work. I think for a lot of people, um, particularly um, males, it's a bit of a bridge too far in terms of Definitely. the um, the set and the setting. Um, but for uh, I guess more of a practical application, where I, I see. Mm. Um, myself working with people to you know, address their breathing mechanics to get them perform better at the gym dealing with um, stress and resilience it's almost like sneaking a bit of mindfulness in the back door where you can't actually uh, undertake a, a conscious breathing exercise without an element of you know, escaping that, that mental chatter and, mm. and all of that those things which are becoming such a a concern um, in this day and age that you know, we've become so good at thinking, mm. you know, education and modern society and all the information at our fingertips. We're so good at thinking, we're no good at not thinking. Yeah. And we, we don't learn how to not think. And so by giving people some tools to improve their athletic performance or help them sleep better, uh, you're just sort of sneaking in the, the mindfulness in, in the back door, which I think is... He's really cool. Yeah, I like the way you said that, man. Yeah, it's good. We're no good at not thinking. That's so true. We're no good at um, somatic experience, getting into the body. Mm. Um, everything has to be analyzed and everything has to be logical. And mm. Yeah, and I also agree with you with the... Uh, it's probably slightly more... Um, not to say that your work is only for fellas, but I just obviously, being a guy, because I'm talking with people, you know, that how breath can heal trauma and it can bring these things up. And I've actually experienced that meditation as well, which is um, incredibly um, amazing, you know, incredibly amazing. Um, But this sort of stuff as well, I think we guys kind of like a a challenge and there's nothing more challenging and tangible than like, right, you're going to use your breath to overcome the very clear fear response is going to like see if you can get in the, in the cold pool yeah, yeah. alright mate well I'll see if I can it's yeah. like that one up yeah. and ship sort and of thing I mean I've, I've coached you know, hundreds of people through that experience mm. in the last couple of years and it's really interesting to see the the alpha yeah. <laughs> personalities the, the strong egos um, who try and force it who try and pump themselves up for it fall apart and wow. and have to have to get out it's um, there's a different kind of it's almost like a surrender mm-hmm. to um, yeah what's going on and uh, a strength in that acceptance of yeah, this is not the worst thing that could happen to me yeah uh, I'm yeah. gonna be okay uh, my body knows what to do I'm just gonna 
try and relax into that experience and, mm. and trust it to do that and yeah before you know it you've spent four or five minutes in one degree water yeah yeah that was that was an awesome experience for me like I really noticed the difference um, after coming out of that because we, we did some box breathing yep um, what is that it's four seconds yeah so basically um, if you think about the four corners of breath you have a, an inhale a hold an exhale and a hold right so box breathing is um, that sequence in equal measures. So yeah. um, as the most simple box might be an in, inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, mm-hmm. and hold for four. And that just gives you the ability to um, get in, in, in greater, I guess, sync with your own breathing mechanics uh, to get control over pattern of respiration and to feel those natural pauses in between inhale and exhale so it's a very um as far as conscious breathing exercises going go it's the most simple and and a really effective one to sort of to get you started Mm, yeah the ability to just recognize that you have some sort of agency over your breathing as much as it's happening to yeah that's good the in that way that the breath is the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious mind because you can determine it but also it happens whether you're thinking about it or not exactly yeah and yeah not to dive too deep on the physiology (laughs) of it all but um the centers that control respiration in the brain very closely linked with um the centers that control emotion and overlapping with the vagus nerve which Mm. runs right through the um the center of the body which um influences that um what they call the um, autonomic tone of the, of the body whether mm. you are parasympathetic dominant or sympathetic dominant you know are you um ready for a, a fight or are you your children relaxed mm. and um you know the ability to get in there and exert that um that conscious influence is um is really powerful mm. that's a good point yeah because it's good you need, I, and i think again what from what i'm hearing is you're saying that it's conscious awareness we're going for here. We, we have both states, sympathetic and parasympathetic, yeah. for important reasons. Yeah, and, mm. both, both have their place. If you spent the entire um, day, every day, just um, you know, relaxed and um, chilled and resting, then <laughs> nobody get anything done. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you, you need to amp things up, and mm. I like to call that achievement mode. Uh, so uh, you need to... Um, I guess rev the engine a bit, um, increase your respiration rate is a good way to um, to get some some energy, get some heat in the body, uh, to you know, focus the mind, mm. and that's 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 great for that 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 purpose that that moment. But if you're constantly in that state chronically, then uh, that has a whole lot of detrimental effects as well yeah so, cortisol starts frying your brain and exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. early early death and all <laughs> yeah. sorts of things we could all, go on we could all cause mortality yeah. yeah 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 so this is this makes me think of kind of um optimal arousal states then mm-hmm. which is yeah, something yeah. i really wanted to dive into your brain with um how do we go about let's just say we have um we're giving a talk in a week and we naturally have like a fear of public speaking Mm -hmm. you want to obviously go into that talk 
with some degree of arousal so that you're not yes. just essentially bored and almost unconscious and lethargic, mm-hmm. but not too aroused um, so that we almost have a panic attack because mm-hmm. we're so all over the top. Yeah. Um, how do we come to know um, where the optimal states are? And then how can we kind of get there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it comes down to the individual and my always my preference is to um, be bringing you up for to the level rather than to be so amped up and then try and bring it down to the mm. level. Uh, I think probably a, a simple and effective approach would be uh, a number of minutes, say 15 to 20 of an exercise um, like Breathe Light, which is something from Patrick McEwan's uh, Oxygen Advantage, where you are consciously trying to breathe as little as possible. Okay. So uh, what that's doing is... Uh, it's bringing you into that uh, parasympathetic um, and calm, controlled state. Because uh, essentially what's happening when you're over-breathing is you're, you're blowing off a lot of carbon dioxide. Again, try not to get too, yeah. too, too scientific. <laughs> yeah. Mate, do what you need to do. <laughs> uh, Just be conscious about it. <laughs> because cause when, when you're getting rid of more carbon dioxide... You're increasing, you're decreasing the blood flow to the brain, yes. which is why when people do hyperventilation type techniques, they can get a little bit, bit fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, so you need that um, CO two in the blood to actually um, effectively use the oxygen which is circulating in, in your system. So if you if you hear someone say, you know, take a a whole lot of vast deep breaths to get more oxygen in. Um, You've got it around the wrong way. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not actually... It doesn't work that way. So any technique that can um, make you hang on to more CO2 and a slow, gentle, soft breathing pattern, maybe a, a four in, six out, a longer exhale um, than inhale is also associated with downregulation and mm. um, parasympathetic activation. And then before it's time to go, it would be, you know, maybe... 30 seconds to a minute of, of deep, strong breaths just to get the, the arousal levels up a bit, get you focused, um, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Is it, is it too simplified um, to say that you can almost like a, a big breath in is associated with um, the sympathetic and then an exhale is associated with the parasympathetic? And I think I've got those two right. And yeah. parasympathetic is the rest and digest. Yes. Sympathetic correct. is the fight or flight. Yep. Because I just think that, you know, in layman's terms, if I'm scared, I'm going, <gasps> yep. And then when I'm relaxed, I'm like, <sighs> but, yeah. but inhale can also be slow and controlled. So we could sit here and do some practice and get you up to a you know, 10 to 12 second inhale. Jesus. Um, and when I think a lot of the confusion comes around um, the advice on, you know, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. What do people do when they... Um, <gasps> yeah. And, and where did that go? That went Straight in... Straight the chest. That went in shallow chest. It's... Um, oh. Yeah. A deep breath. For everyone just listening, I'm performing all these on <laughs> camera. So <laughs> pants off as well, of course. <laughs> tops off. Yeah, um, tops off. But yeah, the, a deep breath is diaphragmatic into the belly. Um, a deep breath draws oxygen into the lower lobes of the lungs. And when you think about gravity we have more um, blood vessels more blood flow in contact with the lower lobes 
So the oxygen uptake when we get that breath all the way down is so much more effective and efficient mm. than if I'm just breathing shallow, fast into the chest. You know, it's just like spinning your wheels, mm. not getting it in. But at the same time, it's associated with that um, yeah, sympathetic response. But so an, an inhale can be still in, in keeping with a, a parasympathetic tone, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just, it's just like, it's so, um, it's almost, you know, I think about the breath in terms of kind of mental resilience, mental health and all that sort of thing. And it's, it's almost kind of like a too good to be true that we have so much power yep. and so much control over that, that it makes people think like that is too good to be true. Like, mm. where's the SSRI? Where's the, yeah, escapism? Yeah, yeah. How, how, like, how is it? How can we come to kind of view the breath as actually a much more powerful tool than I guess the way the West currently sees it? Because it's it's difficult. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's not something that you can you can see and touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not sexy. It's definitely not sexy. You can't. Sell can it. be sexy. You can't. It's not something that you can say. Here's a commodity. Yeah. Um, buy this, and it will yeah improve your performance by yeah ten percent. Mm. Can't say it requires a discipline and a diligence and a self um you know that that practice of of, of going inside yourself and connecting with your breath and, mm. and feeling the response because um yeah, a number of people um mentors of mine that that saying always comes back to feeling is understanding yeah you can so you true. can you can tell people the benefits but until they um are prepared to to do the work and to feel the change in their body, they're not going to understand it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So therein lies the challenge. Um, yeah. If, if you, if you look at you know, promoting these kind of activities and getting people excited about them, stuff like the ice bath is, yeah, people can see that. They go, okay, wow. I, yeah. I can, I can, this, this is something which um, I can see the challenge and you know, I understand what you're saying about the, the benefits for um, well-being and, um, and resilience. But, Breathing, yeah, that, that's just something I do every day. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me how I'm I'm gonna improve that. It's I can't I can't see what you're doing differently to what I do. So. Yeah, it's true. I think that's why the you know the ice bath and all that sort of stuff, you know, kind of like what Wim Hof is doing and all that sort of thing is 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 so powerful because mm. it's like this is me putting what I'm telling you into practice. Yes, and yeah. look how I can what I can do mm. as opposed to you know what what you're saying. It's not a competition, but yeah. like this is actually what's what can happen if you if you kind of follow this metric and and you know even just anecdotally you do notice it um like i noticed that for me after that experience in the plunge we were talking about like we were like all right now shake your body out in the sun and stuff i just felt alive i felt really really happy with myself like i was you know that sense of achievement is um so yes it's transitory but it's also Mm. very important that we've build that self-esteem from time to time be like yeah. look what I actually can do and it, it also it would have you would have felt it immediately it brings you into your body mm. and it introduces or reintroduces you to a whole lot of senses and um, chemical processes and you know physiological responses that yeah. uh, unfortunately because of the way we're set up we don't get an opportunity to experience mm. we go from I mean we're sitting here in a nice um, heated living room. Yeah, feet are in the cold, cold <laughs> <Yeah>. plunge. <laughs> but uh, no, if we we need to go somewhere, we'll 
shoot outside and jump at the car, turn the thermostat up, go to the <laughs> office, you know, sit in a temperature controlled mm. office all day. You know, we might never feel what it's like to be cold. Mm. Um, might never feel what it's like to be way too hot. Mm. And therefore the body doesn't get a chance to show us what it can do. Mm. And when it does, it, f- it feels really good. Yeah. It does. It, that that is the biggest thing, and you you know, kind of a little bit off tangent now, but we're almost kind of getting into the realm of value. And you think about, um, God, just so many examples. Like you haven't eaten in ten days, and then you yeah. look at like a really kind of half rotten apple, but that looks like the tastiest Italian pizza <laughs> to anybody else because you just haven't eaten. You yeah, know? yeah, and. Um, that's you know what I think about. It's probably a good segue that we could explore. Yeah. Um, talking about challenge and discipline mm-hmm. and taking those pleasures away to find out more about yourself, mm-hmm. what you actually rely upon, and yep. what is actually important to you. And you know, I kind of exploded that, but um, I'd love for you to touch on that. And it sounds like the breath is definitely one vessel to kind of start to explore that world. Mm-hmm. The breath and yeah just just um some some kind of experience of hardship uh yeah fasting is i think yeah an underrated practice um going without technology um there's there's so many opportunities to um yeah to challenge yourself i think we're we're in a period of abundance living mm. in in the West where we can essentially have anything we want anytime um, you know a few clicks on the on the phone and someone will show up your door with <laughs> with um, Uber Eats um, it's become so easy yeah uh, did you want to order anything by the way mate or? Okay. <laughs> we've got some <laughs> chips on the way <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but what what we sacrifice in terms of our innate abilities and um uh, the growth that comes through challenge and, yeah. and hardship or just doing something which is a little bit difficult uh, on a day-to-day basis is uh, yeah, it's making us soft. It is. And it, it goes against uh, the actual evolutionary structure of the human body. Like we, we actually need challenge and mm-hmm. that's why we have these reward systems. It's like, oh, I'm really stressed. I wonder why. Well, I mean, I haven't eaten in a couple of hours. Like, I don't have any stock. You know, what am I going to do? I've got to solve this problem. Cause and effect. Yep. Cause and effect. Exactly. And we've lost that uh, that cause and effect, I think, to a large extent. Like, anyone can get a job, sit at a desk, mm. and then have enough money to, exactly like you said, pay for someone to ship a nice pizza across. Mm. You know, which is brilliant. Like, this is this is the reason why we struggle. I don't get wrong. Exactly. I love, I love Uber Eats pizza. Yeah. I keep saying Uber Eats pizza. But, I mean... It, it's good that we have um, advanced enough to actually be able to afford these incredible pleasures. But then it's about um, reintroducing challenge mm-hmm. to make sure that we actually are keeping ourselves happy and purposeful and, yep. and, and all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. I can imagine this sort of stuff would come into your um, coaching as well. Like, cause it, it's, it's not, this is the brilliant thing about coaching really, isn't it? That like, it's a relationship with client and mm-hmm. coach. You know, you start to talk about how um, some of these clients have kind of, oh, I was in a dark place, I was depressed, I was anxious and CrossFit or whatever it is mm. has really given me that um, that thing, you know. Do you use breath work in your coaching as well? And- yeah, uh, I try and 
sneak it in where yeah. I can because it's something that um, you know it's it's not something that people traditionally expect to receive when they they come to lift weights or um, you know get involved in in CrossFit so uh, I like to just try and uh, give people an opportunity to experience something a little bit different and you've got to you've got to lower the barrier to, to entry mm. to, to the experience so I've been recently uh, bookending sessions where a warm-up might stay the same as what it always looks like but I'll throw in a challenge of okay we're only going to breathe through our nose oh, through, nice. through the warm-up and just notice how you respond differently to that you'll feel uh, that, that level of CO2 rising in your in your system that the urge to breathe will be be stronger you'll notice um, you know, increasing temperature a lot faster um, and you'll notice you know you, your breathing mechanics will change because you don't have access to that extra orifice to yeah. to move air and then at the end of sessions just a, a very simple down regulating or relaxing type sequence of you know, getting people in a um, a position against the wall where they can pop their feet up and just follow that box pattern we talked about yeah because uh, a lot of people who come into um, the training and the, the CrossFit environment it's all about they, they want to go they want to go hard and yeah, they want to yeah yeah. Um, yeah it's it's difficult to get people to maintain balance um, mm. and what I mean by that is uh, recognizing that both are as important to your overall development yeah and that smashing through a, a hard and fast workout and then racing out the door and jumping into traffic and into oh. your work or whatever is it's, it's not a, a good way to transition between states of your day um, and that you have an opportunity to uh, take three four minutes bring your bring yourself back down um, get control of your, your physiology again and your mind reconnect with your mind um, and, and just get ready to move on to a, uh, a different different stimulus. And mm. uh, yeah, people can become, particularly those sort of alpha type personalities, they want to be constantly on the go, go, yeah. go, go. Yeah, it's not, it's not about winning the workout no. day in, day out. It's winning life, isn't it? It's, it's about, you know, are you um, improving as a as an athlete or are you um, adapting in a, in a positive way um, or are you just learning to get better at suffering yeah exactly yeah no that's a really good point I think uh, that's something that really helped me with my uh, coaching as well when I used to coach mm-hmm. um, um, but also just in life as well recognizing that you know a, a really intense workout isn't necessarily letting off steam, no. at least not, you know, within the nervous system. It's mm. like highly arousing and stimulating. Mm, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I've done it all. But like what you said, even just something that's a little bit um, um, stressful, like getting in traffic. Mm. No one likes getting caught in traffic. It's shit because you just, you don't have that freedom. Um, take that after a heavy workout, mm. one RMs on the nervous system. It's um, stress upon stress upon yeah, stress. Yeah, no wonder people are just getting overworked. It'll and beat slow. you down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so you you would put like some box breathing after the yeah. workout just to. That's brilliant, man. Fantastic way, and also in those um, those kind of sessions where everyone's in it together and they're all charging hard, 
there's a tendency after the, the session to be still you know, up and about yeah. and chatting and just throwing in a, a nasal only box breathing shuts everybody up yeah. and forces them to um, to go internal and to to slow down mm. and yeah, just to figure out where they are in their own body and yeah, their own day and get prepared for what comes next. Mm. Yeah, one thing I've been looking at in terms of um, the way the mind works is looking at trauma and looking mm-hmm. at triggers and, you know, it actually started from looking at addiction and thing, but um, the way the unconscious body affects the mind and the way we see things, when you get um, triggered or traumatized or something aggressive happens to you, you respond unconsciously through, yes. through instinct, physical, yep. you move away, yep. then the emotion arises, whatever it is, it's fearful and then the mind kicks in to try to understand what's going on so that if this were to happen again, that experience has essentially been integrated mm-hmm. to awareness so that we know what to do. Mm-hmm. And take, you know, you take, for example, like stepping out to a busy road, you know, the first time you did that, oh, but because we knew why we reacted like that, oh, there was a car. Yeah. We, we, the, the what ifs calm down because like, well, there's nothing to, to try to figure out. That was a car. Yep. So that experience has been integrated. I can think of so many ways that the breath would help, you know, because more often than not, just to say, let's just say for, um, for an example, you're in a relationship and, um, your missus or your husband or whoever it is says something that's really triggering to you, really pisses you off or makes you feel afraid or whatever it is that, you know, which is triggered from an experience 20 years ago, whatever it was, you feel the emotion mm. and then the mind going, oh, you're a piece of or whatever yeah. is really just the mind trying to integrate the experience that happened so many years ago. Yeah. But if you could just do some box breathing, take some consciousness over it and be like, oh, okay. Or even just a, sing- a single conscious breath. I mean, yes. have you ever caught yourself when you've had a head to head with somebody and you're getting ready to launch and then it's just... <sighs> yeah. And that's just, just the body's way of bringing itself into a slightly more considerate um even though it might seem to the other person like you're you're, you're telegraphing you're about your, to just go telegraphing your emotions that <laughs> you're frustrating the crap out of me yeah just that. but it's right it's 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 trying to bring itself down and another great example is um yeah you talk about stresses and triggers and and people staying in that that state long after the the stimulus has passed if I think about when we're at home and the um, uh, delivery person comes to the door, a three-year-old dog, dog Harvey will absolutely go from sleeping in his bed to a million miles an hour, yeah. barking his head off, who is this, why are you here? <laughs> um, delivery's made and then a minute later he's, he's back sound asleep. Yeah. You imagine if that was a, a human, oh. they'd be like, oh yeah. Why was that person at my door? You know, yeah. they'd be ruminating on it for the next next two hours. But yeah, obviously, like, yeah, it's done. He's just straight up cause and effect. Yep, this dog He's yeah. straight straight back to it, and yeah. it doesn't hold on to those. You know, we we don't live in our. Well, he doesn't live in his his mind the way we do because, mm. yeah, so we've evolved differently. Yeah, well, and and actually, part of it as well is actually. Um, we we are cause and effect. We have that emotional brain, that primitive physiology, like the dog. But we also have conscious awareness on top mm, of that. Yep. And part of the issue that arises is in shaming ourselves and and, and and telling ourselves off and not accepting the ways that we 
the body has reacted to things. So the dog, like your dog couldn't care less. He's like, rah, 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 rah. And he's like, ah, well, that's all I need to do. Yeah, back <laughs> yeah. to sleep. But human beings are like, rah, 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 rah. And they're like, oh, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done, I shouldn't yeah, yeah. have done that. So, or I should have said that. Or, oh, is this okay? What am yeah. I doing? How am I sounding on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Should my feet be cold now? <laughs> but yeah, so much of it is um, not, uh, not allowing the emotion to fully express itself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we can go into psychology um, but you know, then it gets suppressed and then projects externally. But I just think that what would be so good about the breath as well in, in understanding that sort of stuff is taking a moment being like, okay, I'm really angry right now. I can mm. feel the anger, yeah, yeah. but you take a breath and you go, look, I'm feeling this. This is almost relationship psychology, but if um, this is the way I'm feeling, don't worry, I'm going to let it out. Cause you do have to let it out eventually, but it can be, it can be in, jiu-jitsu crossfit mm-hmm. um even cold immersion yeah, you yeah. know just setting the intention be like all right my anger hates the cold right now i'm just gonna like jump into that you know mm. um i think so much of our mental ill health is predicated upon not letting ourselves be who we are but then actually putting who we are into productive ways that are okay for society you know because mm. if i just let myself be who i was i'd be in jail <laughs> <laughs> no one for all sorts of things we would not want to see that <laughs> yeah yeah me specifically but everyone else <laughs> i know yeah. so where's it taking you at the moment mate like what are you currently playing around um, with the breath and you know, what are you uh, looking at? more so in, in terms of physical performance i've been looking more at simulation of high altitude training oh yeah uh so was was really fortunate to get myself on to the Oxygen Advantage instructors course in Sydney a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, so the idea there is how do we uh, build adaptation within the body to use oxygen more efficiently? And a lot of that comes down to breathing less mm. uh, and then incorporating some, some pretty challenging breath hold um, exercises into training and we can go as, as deep into that as you like, but mm. um, some pretty interesting studies around the effects of um, what we call uh, hypoxic, which is low oxygen, mm-hmm. and hypercapnic, which is high CO2 levels. And when you achieve both of those, so uh, for our argument's sake, you might do eight lots of 40 meter sprint repeats on a breath hold with 30 seconds recovery in between, wow. you'll start to desaturate your oxygen and your CO2 levels will, will steadily creep up. So it's a stressor for the, yeah. the system and a whole lot of um, physiological adaptations take place. Uh, you'll increase your sensitivity, sorry, you'll decrease your sensitivity to um, CO2 in the system. Uh, you will likely get a strong contraction of the spleen which will release more red blood cells into circulation and you'll kick off production of erythropoietin uh, epo so two or three days down the track will lead to more red blood cells so in terms of the um efficiency and yeah your ability to produce and use energy and oxygen is the the currency of, of energy um, breath hold training and hypoxic, hypercapnic stuff is, I think, some of the most exciting wow. work going around. So it's, um, yeah, really cool. So what, for um, 
you know, just for people that aren't into the field, what what would an increase in red blood cells do? Like how how beneficial is that? So oxygen is transported uh, through the blood, uh, binds to hemoglobin, which is um, the red blood cells in the in the blood, and the more of those you have, the more oxygen mm. you can carry, and the more oxygen you can carry, the more you can deliver to working muscles. Um, you know, delivering through the, the mitochondria, which is the, the, the powerhouse of the, the cell. Uh, work longer, harder, mm. with less effort, basically. Why all the Tour de France guys are doing it artificially. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with blood doping. Yes. Uh, because, you know, over the course of a... How many... Is it 20... Yeah, is six, it? 20... I don't, I don't know how many days that, it's a lot, that it's event a lot. is. Yeah. It's uh, a big event. <laughs> uh, just, just the brutal toll yeah. and the depletion of those systems. They just gradually um, lose their ability to produce the same output so mm. yeah it's it's impossible to maintain performance for a lot of them without going to the, the dope mm. yeah it's a fair few people on it man wouldn't it uh, you think yeah. all of them would be on it surely after what yeah. came out with you know Icarus and you know Lance and all that what, sort of yeah, stuff what a documentary oh that was hectic everyone it's slightly off topic, but <laughs> yeah. Icarus was a brutally incredible pod, uh, podcast documentary. It wasn't yeah. about Tour de France in the end, was it? it no, was, it's, it's, it started with it started a, with um, that, yeah. a, like a thought experiment around um, improving your performance in a, an amateur cycling race. Yeah, which um, opened some doorways into the uh, the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> no Russians listen to this podcast, so we can <laughs> no, we won't. And we love we, the Russians. We won't give it our address. Here yeah, either. that's yeah. right. Exactly. We're in Russia, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Beautiful. All right, mate. Well. Um, where can people find you? Where um, are you running workshops and you? Yeah, just starting to. Um, I'm still. I mean, this is this is something which is uh, an evolution for mm. me, and I'm really reluctant to call myself a, a breath expert, breathologist, or a, or a master breath coach. Yeah. yeah, you see a lot of that flying around, and um, these are just tools and techniques that I've been trying to walk the the talk with mm. for. The last couple of years and now yeah. adding some um some you know some structure around how i, I teach it with the, the courses i've been doing not only oxygen advantage but the xpt um certification um which the, is you know the foundation of, of that is is breath as well yeah. which is yeah a lot of pool training as well okay. so weights underwater oh nice i've seen i've been following you yeah yeah, yeah i've seen it uh so i'm, I'm still on an evolutionary path and um, starting to, you know, get get more practice in, in, in teaching these concepts. So I've got a, a few workshops coming up, uh, one in the country next weekend up in um, Kyabram with an old, um, old school teacher of mine who now runs a facility up there. Oh, nice. And then just with the, the local community up in, in Noosa. And, you know, throw it out there, anyone who's listening who wants to, who's got, got a holiday planned, yeah, come and visit us at CrossFit four five six six. Yeah, amazing place to train. Um, come and hang with me. We'll do some ice baths. Um, but in terms of online presence, it's just Instagram is Rich J Burrows, mm-hmm. and um, I'll be looking to launch my my own performance breathing um, presence and site in the coming months. So stay yeah. tuned. Beautiful. I love it, man. Legend. Thanks for doing the show, man. Mate. Great fun. Yes. Glad we will we, do it once we're up and about. Um, we can do a round two because I love chatting with you. So yeah, well, um, it'll be good. Peace.
All right, team, I hope you enjoyed that one. I want to just hit some housekeeping. I love, you know what? Two years ago, I heard Sam Harris say the word housekeeping on his podcast, and I was like, fuck yeah. I really want to say that on my podcast. (laughs) Sounds so bloody professional. So without further ado, a couple of housekeeping matters. Uh, As you know, I've started MindMake Counseling. I'm very, very excited about that. I'm very excited to give back with the knowledge that I've learned anecdotally and through my studies um, and trying to help people find a, find themselves a little bit more, find you know a reason to get out of bed. A lot of the times, you know, you know, excluding complex trauma and addiction and, and all that sort of stuff, which I'm really enjoying studying at the moment. And you know, as you know, there's been a lot of that sort of stuff on the podcast. But a lot of the times, I find that people need a vision. People need some practical changes in their lives, and we get stuck in life because this day and age, it's very very comfortable. We don't actually have to do a whole lot. So, you know, pain is a good motivator, but when there's no real sense of urgency, because there is food in our fridge, there is a roof over our heads, we kind of just lose our way. And then that's when depression can seep in, anxiety can seep in, because like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, so I really find that a lot of people's issues, when it's moderate, you know, is down to the practicality of what they're actually doing in life and how they're kind of just moping through. And we can change a lot of that. You know, we can we can find a sense of purpose based around creating a vision for ourselves. And that's really powerful because then when you have a goal to work towards, it's like, well, you know, I actually do need to get out of bed when the alarm goes off. I actually do need to take care of my health because all of these little things that improve our mental health actually centered towards how they're going to help us achieve those goals. So if that resonates with you guys, reach out to me, MindMate Counseling. There is an email linked to my Instagram page, MindMate Counseling. You will find that um, in my personal accounts and on Facebook as well. Um, You know, there's a free 15-minute consultation. We can have a chat. We can talk about um, where you are in life. And, you know, like I always say on all these podcasts, on the intros and outros, if I'm not the one for you, I have a lovely network here of um, of, of people that I think really could help you. So it can't hurt to reach out. Uh, guys, until next week, enjoy. And by enjoy, I mean goodbye. <laughs>